and welcome to my podcast. I'm Connie. I'm a certified nutritionist and personal trainer, and I live on a small hobby farm. I have a huge passion for bodybuilding, but I don't fall into the typical bodybuilding mold. The naysayers, they can have their bro science. Yep, I said it. I'm a natural health and nutrition nerd. Some would call me a granola, but that couldn't be further from the wrong word. I stay away from the typical processed, standard American diet, and I don't eat granola. I created this podcast to share my health journey and the many things I've learned in my quest to find what it takes to live a mindful, happy, balanced life for all humans, not just athletes. I hope to help you discover your inner nerd and help you make some hefty deposits into your knowledge bank account that can help you crack your health code. Yeah, there really, truly is no one size fits all when it comes to health. There just isn't. There's different body types. There's obviously different genders. There's different nationalities. There are uh, people who have different abilities to digest food. Uh, literally, the difference between people in the Orient, their digestive systems are very, are different, literally, than people who have been long term in Russia. And we know this from science. And so it's, it's no good to put out anything that you say, this is the code. So it's all based on principles and ideas. And in the end, coming up with a plan that works for you. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Fit Farming Food Mom. I am your host, as always, Connie. And today I am so excited to welcome Dave Sherwin on the podcast. He is a certified fitness nutrition coach, a podcaster, and a supplement industry insider. He has used simple, repeatable principles to achieve some remarkable health achievements, including a 405-pound deadlift at the age of 52, finishing in the top 25% of all competitors in the Olympic Distance National Triathlon Championships at age 48, completing a Spartan Beast, which is 13 miles and 26 obstacles in only four hours, and he has a single-digit golf handicap. His passion for helping grown-ups navigate real-world business and life challenges to achieve their best health and wellness at any age. And today, he is on my podcast to talk about his top seven principles for phenomenal health. So I'm so excited to have Dave on. We have an awesome conversation about things that you can do to kind of start getting your health and fitness under control or in check. We also do a lot of talk about supplements because it happens that Dave owns a supplement company as well and they have high quality supplements. They don't have a huge line of them because they want what they have to be really, really great. So they put a lot of time into that and he talks about different supplement companies and how they they actually don't have what they say they have in them and things like that. And he was into that before he got into his own supplement company. So really, really interesting stuff. He also sent me some of his products to try out and I've got to say that I am extremely impressed and excited and fortunate that he decided to share those with me. And the really cool thing is, is he decided to extend an offer to you guys. Uh, if you go to dirobi.com, which I will include in the show notes, he put a discount code there for you guys if you want to try out some of his products. So I believe it's 15% off and you got to use the code INSIDER at checkout. So that is so nice of Dave to extend that offer to you guys. 
little housekeeping before we get going here. Um, I would love it if you would just hit the pause button and go and like my podcast, subscribe to it, uh, follow it, whatever you have to do on whatever listening platform you're on. That would be so wonderful and it would help me out immensely. I don't do a lot of advertising on my podcast. I like to just keep it pretty informational. So if you could subscribe and maybe even leave me some ratings, share with your friends, share with your family, that helps get this stuff out there. So anyway, thank you so much to listen to me ramble on about my podcast and getting it out there. But I love sharing this information with other people. I do it because I'm passionate about it. Well, without further ado, here is Dave Sherwin. Dave, how are you? Welcome to the show. I am great. Thanks so much for having me. I am so excited to have you on here because you have a strong history of crushing your goals in the middle age bracket. Can you tell my listeners a little bit about that? That is all part of my evil plan. Uh, (laughs) I love it. I, I don't know when or just who inspired me, but somewhere along the line of my fitness journey, I got this vision of just being healthy my whole life. I started to really respect, like, do you remember the nun who did the Ironman triathlons? Did you ever hear that story? Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> okay, so there was a Catholic nun who part who felt like part of her mission was to run triathlons to bring attention to her cause. And she did it well into her 70s. We're and we're talking Kona. We're not talking some little you know, short uh, triathlon in your local city festival. We're talking Ironman, you know, um, 2.6 mile swim, 112 mile bike, full marathon. She did it till she's like 76. And people like that have just always really inspired me. And I just made a decision long ago that I was going to be healthy my whole life. I love it. I love it. That's so great. Um, and we were kind of talking about that before we got going with the show here. Um, you know, sometimes people find in their middle age that it's a struggle to get into fitness or uh, go out and do things. Sometimes they think they're too old for it. And I think that a lot of times that mindset is what causes them to age faster. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, Frankly, I can hardly relate because part of part of it is who you hang out with. I hang out with a fit crowd. I don't have friends like that, to be honest with you. And and maybe that's on purpose. Um, don't don't get me wrong. I hope this doesn't sound really judgmental. It's just that I I do stuff with people who think like me. And to get out and 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 go and do fun stuff and stay in shape. Um, and, and sometimes it's little things. For example, I've got, I love to golf. I always have, it's been a pastime since I was like 14 years old when my uncle gave me my first set of clubs. And currently my two golf partners are both retired. Um, I'm, I'm 54. One of them is 65 and one of them 62. And we always walk, we're always pushing our little carts, right? So, um, you know, that's not common. Uh, when you show up at a golf course, it's pretty common for everyone to be zooming around in electric cart. But 
it's these little things. These guys both are like me. They want to be fit. So why would we drive around 18 holes of golf? Because you end up walking seven miles. I don't know if people realize that, but you can easily walk about seven miles walking 18 holes of golf. So, and those are the types of friends I have. So that's maybe a, a, a the first tip for your listeners. If you're feeling like you just don't have it anymore and you just don't have the motivation to get it, maybe all you need to do is find a couple friends that are motivated and always hit the gym and just join them. I love that. I love that. And, you know, I find that's another thing is so many other people are, they are intimidated to start a gym routine, especially if they haven't done it previously in life and it's later in life. Um, But the thing is, is everybody is so supportive at the gym. People aren't judging you. People want to see you succeed. They want to see you start reaching out for your health goals. And I bet you, if you have somebody in your circle that, is into fitness and is a gym goer. If you said, Hey, I want to tag along, they would be 100% for that. And I say yes to all of that. And I also use the word hit the gym very figuratively. If you're totally uncomfortable going to a gym, you just don't have to. So for example, I gave the example of my friends who walk 18 holes of golf. If you like to golf, why not? That is exercise. It's not only exercise, you're in the outdoors. It's beautiful. The birds are singing. The, the grass is green. The the tree, you know, the, the, the golf courses tend to be beautiful places. And so it's uplifting. It's fun with your friends and you're getting exercise. So for a lot of people, it's hiking or it's long walks or it's working out from home. Now, I used to think working out from home was lame. Honestly, I just thought I could never get a good workout working out from home. But I've been working out from home now for roughly, let's see, I think I started in November and it's now uh, April because I had a woman on my own podcast, um, Lisa Blash, and her handle is the kettlebell bombshell. She's a, a physique competitor, really fit, all from kettlebells. And she kind of inspired me. I thought, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try just a couple kettlebells, follow some of her workouts and just do it from home. I put my gym membership on hold in November told my wife, I'm going to try working out from home. I'm putting my membership on hold for 90 days. And she's like, I don't think you're going to like it. Guess what? I've never gone back. I love it. That's great. Well, and you know, I think that this whole, um, this whole COVID-19 thing has really been an eye opener for some people. Some people hate working out at home and others are like, man, this is rad. I mean, I personally almost prepped for my first show completely out of an office um, at my house. And so it was something that I've been there before. It was no big deal to go back. Now, I recently had reconstructive hip surgery, so Mm. I'm not getting real crazy with workouts anyways. But I started working out downstairs, and it was pretty hilarious. I'm working out at my house last night. My daughter's in her rollerblades, rollerblading circles around me (laughs) while, while I was lifting. And so it was kind of funny. And I was like, you know, I really like this. We've got the music cranked. She's rollerblading around me, and we're getting it done. And I was like, I think I want to stick with doing this some more. I love it. That's very similar to my experience. And just substitute the kid on roller skates with my dog. If I get down on the ground to do push-ups or to do uh, planks or anything like that, she is all over me. She thinks it's playtime. So it's pretty funny. I have to work out around my dog. But I've again, it's it's a totally different experience in the gym. But the, the, the biggest thing for me that has been so exciting is I just didn't think I could keep the level of health that I'd be happy with working out at home. And I've just been shocked at 
that, that I can. I don't need all that equipment. I don't need all the weights. And I feel terrific. And I haven't lost a, a step. And it's easier. And it's convenient. And I'm sold. I love that. I love that. Well, so today um, we were going to talk about your seven principles to phenomenal health. And you've got some great information out there. And I'm so excited to dive into that. Well, perfect. And I'm so glad you would invite me to talk about it because I'm very passionate about this, as you can probably tell. And so you want me to just jump into number one? Absolutely. Let's get it. Okay. This is, again, the the world according to Dave. Now, I am a a certified fitness instructor. uh, You know, I do have a certain level of of expertise, but I just want to point out that this is what I think are the seven things that the average person could do to have the best possible health that they can. I've modified them over time. I, I, I wrote them down originally for myself. I was like, you know, what are the top habits that I need to live by to have the type of health that I'm going to be happy with? I do modify them on occasion. You can download a PDF at our site, dirobi.com, D-I-R-O-B-I.com. We have a page called resources. So you can grab that there. And I also wrote a brief, I wouldn't even call it a book because it's only a hundred pages, but uh, you can get that for free. It's called formula seven. And so these are the, these are the principles. And, and the reason why I'm, I'm giving this little kind of caveat that I'm, you know, I'm not a PhD nutritionist or anything like that. I have a certain level of expertise, but I'm, I'm trying to undersell it a little bit and that I want to read these off. Not as, not as like, religious, like these are the seven commandments, right? right? But more as ideas that I hope people can extract something useful from. Maybe they hear these seven and go, you know what? I really like those, but this other one is really important to me and it's not on his list. So think of this more of a, as a template that you could grow and build on, maybe subtract one or two or add one or, one or two. And uh, that's the way I want to present this. Okay. I love that. And I'm, and I'm so happy to hear you say that because so many people are like, this is the word and it doesn't branch outside of that. And I'm a firm believer in the fact that we are all unique and individual and we all kind of have to have our own code that we crack. And it's really great to start with things. But as we age, we we modify. And as we learn, we modify. And, you know, if we could look at our ourself 10 years ago, what would we have told our future self or vice versa? So that's great. Yeah, there really truly is no one size fits all when it comes to health. There just isn't. There's different body types. There's obviously different genders. There's different nationalities. There are uh, people who have different abilities to digest food. Uh, literally, the difference between people in the Orient, their digestive systems are very, are different, literally, than people who have been long term in Russia. And we know this from science. And so it's it's no good to put out anything that you say, this is the code. So it's all based on principles and ideas. And in the end, coming up with a plan that works for you. And that being said, here's number one of my top seven, and it's do not drink calories. And What I mean by that really is that most people are dehydrated for one. We don't drink enough water. It's just a fact. Um, A a significant percentage of people in the United States, and I'm sure other countries as well, are in a chronic state of dehydration. And unfortunately, the things that they do drink are not only not hydrating them, but they're taking away from their health. Sugary drinks, caffeinated drinks, uh, alcohol, obviously. 
Uh, there are construction workers who down like 10 Gatorades in a day. It's not healthy. They think it's oh. healthy because they see athletes drinking it. It's like, you go ahead. No, I, I'm agreeing with you right there. The Gatorade thing is a big problem. And I actually had a an expert on my podcast a while back, months ago, but um, he was talking about Gatorade not even being, it wasn't even supposed to be a sports drink, but that's how it ended up getting marketed. And so it stuck with that because of all the sports sponsors and stuff that backed it up. Um, but yeah, I, I, that one is a bad one. Yeah. And for those of you listening, if you disagree with this, there's a very simple thing you can do and that's read the ingredients. It tells you on the bottle what's in there and just read it and then see, see if you still disagree, <laughs> but the, the facts are there. So don't get me wrong. Absolutely. I'm not saying you can never, ever drink something that tastes good. What I am saying is strive to drink less sugary drinks, even, even smoothies that are generally full of sugar. And remember fruit is sugar. And so even some drinks that, that seem to be highly, uh, you know, very, very healthy can also be very high in calories and we can drink calories so quickly. It'll make your head spin. And, uh, you know, if, if you need say 2000 calories a day to maintain your ideal body weight, and you drink a soda pop that has 200 calories, that's 10% of your caloric intake right there. If you drink five of them, that's a thousand. It's gonna be almost impossible to maintain your ideal body weight if you're drinking a lot of soda. So what, what I recommend is get yourself a good quality insulated water bottle and take your body weight. Let's say you weigh 150 pounds. Divide that in half and that's how many ounces of water you should strive to drink per day. It doesn't include what you drink when you work out. When you work out, drink as much as you want to satiate your thirst and cover that sweat that you're sweating out. Besides that, on top of that, take 50% of your body weight and drink that many ounces per day. And if you could do that while having, you know, a cup of coffee here and there, or a little bit of alcohol on the weekends and just limiting the rest of the calories that you drink, that may be the best thing you can possibly do if you're currently drinking a lot of soda or alcohol, or caffeinated drinks, or sports drinks for that matter. I, I love that. And it's interesting that you say that because when I was in nutrition school, I was actually kind of blown away by the, the water portion of it. They were talking about water and dehydration, and your body actually starts suffering the effects of dehydration when you're only 2% dehydrated. And I was like, that is a pretty low number. <laughs> Yeah. And that's the state that most of us are, are in. And so many conditions arise from that. Our body just needs water. We're made up of water. We need a lot more water than the average person drinks. And so, you know, what's amazing about this is it's really quite easy to do. And it's absolutely free. Water is free. And so this is a, a health habit that is easy to do. And by drinking a lot of water, you're kind of pushing aside some of those other things that are not helping you achieve your goals. So it's a pretty uh, low risk, high win kind of proposition. Yep, I love that. And I just recently, actually yesterday, posted a thing on my website about the coffee stand, the, the trips to the coffee stand, because so many people don't realize when they go to that coffee stand and they order that latte or blended drink or whatever they're getting, that those things are sometimes up in the thousands of calories. They are way, way up there and they don't even realize it. I can't even tell you 
multiple times I've been in the gym doing cardio and someone will walk in to do cardio with like a giant frappuccino from Starbucks or something. And it's obvious they're trying to make some improvements in their health and their body composition, but they're downing this big drink. And they, and a lot of times people will say, well, I'm doing cardio so I can have this, but the, the ramifications of that drink far go far beyond the, the amount of cardio you're going to do. Simple math. They're going to be lucky to burn 400 calories in that cardio workout. And they drank a thousand. Yeah. And you're going to, you have to be really rallying in order to burn 400 calories during your cardio workout. That's exactly right. You get to work your butt off for an hour and you'd be lucky. That's what I meant by when I said, be lucky to, I'm saying that would be really hard to do. And yet, and same as a, as a shake, right? I love a milkshake and I, I love to have one now and then, but they're 900 to a thousand calories. So that, that day, right? I got to be careful. I don't have any other treats. I don't want to have any other sugar. That better be the only thing that I have. And I better not be having one every single day. Now, for those people listening, going, man, I just, but I love my Starbucks stop. It's like part of my routine. It's part of my lifestyle. I get it. I'd say, take what Connie said. And know how many calories you're getting. When you go to Starbucks, find out how many calories, experiment with different things, find something that's maybe in the two or 300 calorie range if you're in the thousand range. If you're in the 200 to 300 calorie range, maybe go down to something that's only 100. Try a shot, try something small. And instead of thinking that you need, you know, 30 ounces of this thing to be satisfied, try taking a smaller portion, the small size. And take just as long to drink it. Enjoy sipping it. Maintain it in your lifestyle, but cut down the calories. Maybe put a little less sweetener in than you normally do. Maybe ask the barista what could be done to make your drink a little more healthy. Some uh, and many probably of these coffee shops have keto-friendly drinks as well. So those are all things you can do so that it's not all or nothing. Just find ways to diminish the amount of calories without giving up this nice lifestyle thing you like. And that was part of what I wrote about in my article as well was ways to still enjoy it. Compromises, things that you actually may find are quite, you know, uh, they're, they're very comparable to what you've already been drinking, uh, but still not being a thousand calories. And so I wrote that up. Um, that also being said, though, a lot of times the coffee stands don't really understand what health and such is. I find that a lot of the artificial sweeteners and sugar free stuff they have can be can be a problem as well. So that's all things we have to keep in mind when we're stopping into the coffee stand. Yeah, good points. So yeah, so number two, time restricted feeding or intermittent fasting. This is a habit I've done for some time. I highly recommend it. It took me a little while to adapt to because I'm the type of person who used to wake up hungry and eat till I went to bed. And I enjoyed that. I love food. Let's face it. Pretty much everyone loves food. But let me tell you what. One of the fastest, easiest, and again, free things you can do to improve your health is eat all your food within a short window of time. Now, this has become so popular. It's almost a buzzword out there. The chances are I'm not educating anyone out there on this. They probably know exactly what it is. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. All I do is encourage you to do it if you're not already. Now, what I recommend is that men restrict their eating window to eight hours. So, for example, I usually have breakfast around 10 a.m. 
and dinner, dinner at about six with one meal in between. And from 10 o'clock to six o'clock is eight hours. That's my eating window. I don't eat outside of that. Other than a few exceptions, I'll give you those in a minute. For women, now, unfortunately, all of the research has been done on intermittent fasting the last few years. I, I'm not exaggerating. I believe 90% of it has been done on men. They're finally getting around to doing this work on women, and they're finding that it is not healthy for women to have shorter than a 10-hour eating window because of hormonal uh, imbalances. See, men and women differ, obviously, in hormones. Women are on a 28 to 30-day hormonal cycle, and men are on a 24-hour cycle that's just cycling every 24 hours, the exact same hormonal cycle. And so for women, it just is preferable to keep your eating window to 10 hours. So maybe, maybe, you know, you have your breakfast at eight o'clock and dinner at six or nine and seven, whatever it is for you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's interesting. You talk about this. So I'm a faster. I recently started doing it more and more and I fast for 16 hours and then I just have a small eating window and I'm not hungry either. But the thing is, is for females during the time of your cycle, uh, it's best that you don't fast. Uh, you shorten that up a little bit because uh, there, like you said, there's a lot of hormonal ramifications that go along with that. So that's very interesting to hear that from you because, I mean, if I'm hungry, I eat, I listen to my body. But for the most part, I find that it's a piece of cake for me to go long periods of time without eating anything. Yeah, me too. Although it, I, I did have to train myself. And so I think it depends. For some people, this is just easy. They're like, oh, I kind of do that anyway. I don't, I don't eat breakfast. Well, wonderful. But the thing you ought to do, there's a couple things you ought to take into consideration. Now, I had Kevin Rail on my podcast. He was one of the stars of that um, Netflix original called Fasting. And he lives in Park City, Utah, here in my neck of the woods. And I actually met up with him at FitCon. He's become kind of a friend. We connected on, on Facebook. And I email him when I need advice for a client on fasting and that type of thing. So um, he gave me some, he's given me some really good tips. Because uh, like I said, he's one of the world's leading experts and one of the early adopters on this whole thing. And one of them is whatever your eating window is, try to never eat after seven. So try to not make your, your eating window start anytime after seven because your body needs to start back to the hormonal changes for men and women. As our bodies um, start to, to, to adjust towards going to sleep at night, we need to be producing melatonin. But as long as we're eating, we're signaling to our body that it's not really bedtime yet. So our body is not producing that melatonin. So by stopping eating at six or at the latest seven o'clock after that, our body starts to, it, it's digesting all that food. Of course, the hormones are starting to adjust towards nighttime. We're starting to get a little more sleepy and tired. And let's face it. None of us crave broccoli at nine o'clock at night. If we're going to get a craving, it's going to be for something unhealthy. Right. So, mm -hmm. And so this is why having a hard stop, and back to point number one, drink water, drink lots of water. Water is surprisingly satiating. So drink water. As a matter of fact, take your water bottle to bed. I'm amazed how many times I drink an entire bottle of water during the night or shortly after I wake up, I finish a bottle of water. So this whole thing about staying hydrated is a 24-hour thing as well. If you wake up in the middle of the night, how many times are you thirsty? Just think about that. But if you don't have a bottle right beside you, chances are you're not going to get up 
and going and get a drink. You're going to go back to sleep. So start drinking your water after you, you eat your dinner. Your hormones are starting to get ready for the night. You wake up in the morning and your HGH is high. Your blood sugar is low. You're strong. You're mentally alert. It's a great time to exercise. It's a great time to meditate. It's a great time to get into your day. And all those conditions hormonally and energetically and blood sugar will stay in an optimal state until you have that first meal at say eight, nine, 10 o'clock, depending on where you've set up that eating window. So, you know, that's just a wonderful habit. Again, it's free. It's fairly easy to do for most people. They can fully adjust to it within just a few weeks. Also one study that really was powerful to me is that they studied again, this was men, but they studied a group of men for 90 days a control group and the experimental group, one doing seven days and one doing a five-day cycle where on weekends they didn't do the intermittent fasting. In this case, these were, these were overweight men and they were testing them for weight loss. Both groups had weight loss and both groups had the same amount of weight loss. So I found that was kind of liberating because one of the things one of the reasons people wouldn't want to do this is they think, well, geez, I'm going to go out with my buddies on a Friday night, or we have a wedding to go to, or we're going out to dinner with the boss and it's going to take till 10 PM. And I don't want to sit there not eating anything. Well, so I would say give yourself one or two cheat days per week uh, if you need to. And a lot of times you'll find you don't want to. If on a weekend or a right, certain right. night, uh, there's a going on, go ahead and cheat. It's not going to kill you. Great. That's yeah. And that's one thing that I talk about as well. And that's why I think you and I are on the same wavelength here is it's okay to cheat every once in a while on something. It's totally okay. You, the police are not going to come get you if you're cheating on your fast. <laughs> you know? So it's, it's, I think it's okay to cheat every once in a while, but maybe scheduling that or something we'll get there. Yeah, Absolutely. So number four is eating according to the hand rules. Now, this comes directly from my, my precision nutrition coaching, which is where I got my health certification. This is one of the biggest aspects of precision nutrition. And one of the things that they found through all of their science and studies is that most people are protein deficient. Most people get too many carbs and of the wrong kind. Most people don't get the right fats. They don't get the right amounts or the right type. And very few people eat enough veggies. And if you change that around and, and just look at your hand, okay? So you open your hand and you look at the size of your palm. That's about how much protein you ought to get with every meal, whether that's meat or eggs. If you have a small hand, maybe two eggs would do it. If you have a larger hand, you might need three. A piece of meat, the size of your hand, tofu, nuts, all of these things are sources of protein. You need about the size of your palm with each meal whenever possible. If you close your fist, that's about how many carbs you should have. By carbs, we're talking about a potato, right? We're talking about the starchy carbs, sweet potato, um, taro, um, uh, I don't know, the, the, the vegetables that have calories, right? Put it that way. Right. Okay. An apple. An apple. Thank you. Uh, fats. We need healthy fats. Uh, about the size of your thumb. Now, these are pretty easy. I mentioned eggs a minute ago. Well, eggs already contain natural fat. And so if you have eggs, they have the protein and the fat, no problem. But let's say you have a fairly lean meal 
you might want to put on a couple tablespoons of olive oil on your salad, along with some balsamic vinegar or some, uh, you know, apple cider vinegar, which by the way, both of those make for really good natural uh, salad dressings. And then if you hold your hand open, imagine having a, a, a handful of vegetables, salad, celery, carrots, any of the, the lower calorie vegetables, as opposed to the carb veggies that we talked about earlier. So those are the hand rules. And as often as possible, if you ate healthy foods in those proportions, you'd be amazed how good you'd feel. Absolutely. And a thing that goes along with that is listening to your hunger signals as well. It's very easy to sit down at the table, smash all of that, that serving size, and then still feel hungry. But more often than not, if you wait 20 minutes, 15 minutes, you are going to find that you are satiated now and you don't need that. But it's very easy at first for your hunger signals to not catch up and just, just continue to eat. So it's really great to stop at that serving size and listen to what your hunger signals are telling you. Oftentimes that's plenty and you don't need to go above and beyond that. But typically we're just eating too fast. And so that part gets missed. Oh, so, so, excuse me. Such a great point. And and there's some massaging that can be done with this. For example, uh, there's th three basic different body types between men and women, ectomorph, endomorph, and mesomorph. And depending on your body type, whether you're tall and lean or whether you're a little more stocky, uh, and you can learn about this online if you just um, Google something like body types or one of those names, ectomorph, endomorph, mesomorph. These are interesting things to learn about as well, which will help you dial this into just which of the food groups you should be having a little bit more or a little bit less of. So you can totally massage it to yourself using your hunger cues, as you mentioned, as well as understanding just who you are, what type of body you have and how you, you feel best. For the vast majority of people, they're not getting enough healthy proteins and that's why they're hungry. And then they try to fill in that gap with carbs and the carbs they're hungry again in half an hour. And so they're just eating all day long. When you start to get enough healthy proteins, it's amazing how much more satiated you are and you do just fine till the next meal. Yeah. And along with that, even fat, really, I mean, it, it seems like society in the past years used to demonize fat hugely and it got eliminated from many people's diets. It was no fat, low fat, et cetera. And I find that if I eat a higher fat to protein ratio, that I'm more satiated. I'm not hungry. I don't want a snack. Excellent point. Absolutely true. And again, when you're getting your fat from unhealthy sources, you won't have that effect. But when you're eating good, healthy fats, they are satiating and they give you what we call a slow burn energy. And I just realized we just covered number four really well and skipped number three. So we got to go backwards. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> Before we decide what you're going to eat, we got to decide how you're going to eat. So let me just retract, restate for minutes. Number one, drink lots of water and don't drink calories as often as possible. Time restricted feeding. And number three is eat all your food very slowly and mindfully. Even your cheat foods, if you're going to have that milkshake, really enjoy it, right? But you're going to eat very slowly. Now, most people eat too quickly. Our stomach is not a hole down below where we drop food from our mouth into a hole. Our stomach has folds. 
and it is trying to work the food through the folds while inserting all the right enzymes and digestive um, elements in there to digest that food properly. And what we do when we eat quickly is we pack it in there so that it doesn't move through our stomach very well. We end up getting heartburn. We don't feel very good. It's just not a healthy way to eat. And so by slowing down and eating mindfully, so it's not just going slow. I'm talking really enjoying your food, really taste it, really enjoy every bite. Maybe put your utensil down, put your fork down or your spoon, depending on what you're eating between bites and really enjoy the food. You know, when you do this with cheat foods, you will be amazed how often you don't finish the whole thing. And that's really surprising. And conversely, when you're eating good natural foods and you're eating them really mindfully and you're really enjoying it, you're retraining your mind and your body to crave the natural foods instead of the fake foods that have been designed to be very flavorful to us but actually devoid of nutrients and high in calories. So eating slowly and mindfully every single meal is a really healthy habit, even when we're eating our cheat foods. I love that. And a lot of people don't realize that digestion starts the minute you smell the food, your body starts to create a response to that. When the food goes in your mouth, there are actually digestive enzymes in your saliva, amylase, protease, lipase. They break down the proteins, carbs, and fats. The minute they hit your tongue, the minute the saliva starts to brew, and that's why when you smell stuff, sometimes your mouth waters or you think about something because the digestive process is starting at that very moment. So by eating mindfully, you are giving all of these things time, all of these factors time to start digesting your food right away. You're not just packing it down there and it doesn't even get a chance to begin the digestion process. Absolutely. There's so many benefits to it. It's better. You know, we, we've gotten to a point, our, our, our society is so fast paced. We got to do everything fast. We're always in a rush. And, you know, if you look around, you see people, they're in their car with a fast food meal, guzzling it down, thinking about other things, doing other things. And there's just something about slowing down a little bit and enjoying every single day, including the meals that we're going to eat, taking the time to sit down and enjoy them, and especially taking the time to sit down and enjoy them with family. You know, one of the things about this whole coronavirus issue we're all going through, as awful as it's been for many people, I don't mean to make light of it in, in any way, Yet we're seeing a massive slowdown in society. We're seeing, we're seeing families spend time together and we're seeing a huge uptick in home cooking. Those are wonderful things. To make your food at home and eat it with the people you love is a beautiful thing human beings have enjoyed for tens of thousands of years. And only recently have we kind of messed that up with our fast food, fast lifestyle type of, of living. And so it's kind of getting back to some of the habits that our ancestors had that are more healthy, they're more holistic, they're, they're more in keeping with what makes us happy as human beings, which is our relationships. So it's, it's, it's health, it's relationships, it's, um, it's peace of mind. It's so much more than food is just fuel to stuff down our throat. 
Dave, I wholeheartedly believe that you and I definitely were cut from the same mold because that's exactly how I feel about my family. And I, I find that nutrition is not being taught to our children. They are not, they don't know how to cook. They only know how to get instant things. And it makes my heart so happy when my child looks at me and she's like, I'm eating some protein right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when your six-year-old can recognize what a protein is, what a carbohydrate is, what fat is, or asks questions about that, that is very, very important things to be teaching our children. It's very, very important to be teaching them how to nourish their bodies and cook. And it's very important. Like some people are like, I don't have time to sit and cook or I want to spend time with my kids. And I actually wrote a, a post on this one time because spending time with your kids can involve going through cookbooks, looking at recipes, cooking that meal together as a family. And, you know, my kids are older now. I've got grandkids and this, what you're describing, I totally relate to this. I'm telling you as a parent, it is so fulfilling to see your children preparing healthy homemade meals. It's just something that is, has become a little bit of a lost art and I'm, I'm happy to see it potentially coming back here. Yeah, that's wonderful. And I mean, let's be honest, sometimes we're in the rat race and we're in a hurry and we just want to get dinner done. But like, I mean, last night was a prime example for myself. My daughter wanted, I was making meatballs and my daughter wanted to help and she was she was adamant she wanted to help and I really the oven was already hot and I wanted to be in a hurry but I was like nope this is a good skill so she rolled up her sleeves and started making meatballs with me and it was a great experience and she's walking away from that with a huge life skill I I love that and at the same time and that that's terrific and that's what I try to do as well and yet I don't want to make I don't want anyone listening to think I'm on my high horse preaching at them so all that being said, I'm going to tell you something. Yesterday, I was out and about all day. I had a lot going on. I had several places I had to stop. And I really felt like a burger. And I went to Dairy Queen and I had a burger meal with fries and a peanut buster parfait. And I yes. really enjoyed it and I ate it in my car. So I said to you a minute ago to not do that. Well, let me tell you what, that will happen once this week. Not more. Like, I know I've done it. I enjoyed it. It was yummy, but it's over. Last night, we went out for a drive and my wife and daughter wanted to stop and get a treat. I didn't have a treat because I'd already had a treat that day. So th these are the types of things that have helped me maintain a level of health I'm very happy with, without going crazy, without denying myself ever having a burger. So it's just it's this balance. This is mostly living the way we're talking about without all or nothing thinking, without thinking, oh, if I ever have a burger meal, I'm like uh, evil or I'm going to get fat or it's going to go right to my hips or any of those thoughts that we normally have. Right. So right. it's all and about balance. And the, the problem is it's, most people don't minimize these things enough. They don't get that a burger meal is a once a week thing. They do it every day. And I'm so happy you said that, Dave, because I was just going to say that being said, by sitting down and eating our food and digesting it, we can talk about that all we want. Right. But there are days when that just doesn't happen and we just have to do our best to 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 do what we can. But sometimes it's just not an option. And that's totally OK. I was in a hurry the other day and I literally 
made up my breakfast, threw it in a Tupperware and ate it while driving down the road. Guilty. Guilty as charged. <laughs> we all do it. It's a, it's how sometimes we have to get by. But just when we can actually sit down and enjoy something and try to make it a priority, you're going to get much better results. Yeah. One one way you could think of this, those, those of you listening, one way you could put this in perspective is think in percentages. Let's say that you think about these principles that we're talking about and, and you, you imagine, um, you know, your last week, how well you have complied. And let's say you're 50%. Let's say that 50% of your meals have been made at home. You've been pretty good at drinking from your water bottle. Um, and you're, you're, you're just 50%. Well, what I would do if you're in a position of motivation where you're ready to make some changes, the first goal I would make, cause this works for so many people is to jump from wherever you are, 30, 40, 50, 60, I don't care, make a goal of 80. I found almost everyone can immediately attain 80% compliance. And if you attain 80% compliance, guess what? That allows 20% cheat time. That That's kind of a lot. It's one in five meals, right? It's a treat here and there. And go with 80% for as long as you can. Currently, my, my current rule of thumb is 90%. I feel like if one in 10 meals is not up to my standards, or if I have a treat once or twice uh, a week, I'm within my I'm within compliance. And I know that because of my health. Now, we can measure this stuff. Like, I've got a scale. I can measure my body fat. These things are very important to me. I know how strong I am based on the workouts that I do. I know whether I'm achieving my goals or not. And so... The question, how's that working out for you, is a really great question. Try 80% compliance for a while and see how you do from there. I love that. All right. So moving on, I think we are to number five because we were kind of skipping number around five, there. Move your body every day. Exercise is not a three-day-a-week thing. It never has been in all of human history. Our ancestors moved every day. They had to move to provide for themselves. They had to plow, they had to hunt, they had to chase, they had to protect themselves. And that's where we came from, is hunter-gatherers who were very, very active. And somewhere along the way, we created our modern lifestyle where we actually don't have to move that much if we don't want to. But what's happened is we've become a sedentary society. And someone, somewhere, gave us this idea, this terrible idea, that if we started exercising for 20 minutes a day, three times a week, we'd be in good shape. It's just a lie. I don't know if you've heard that or whether you believe it or whether you ever believed it. But the fact is, if we could find a way to exercise every single day, and I'm not talking about building up a heavy sweat every single day at all. I'm talking about a mix. I'm talking about mixing it up between cardio, strength, you know, the CrossFit 10 areas of domains are one of the best things that's ever been identified in health. Um, cardiovascular, uh, stamina, strength, flexibility, power, speed, coordination, agility, balance, and accuracy. CrossFit years ago identified those as the 10 core areas of strength and decided to come up with a program where if you just attended a CrossFit gym, you would get, you'd, you'd be constantly working on all of those things through varied exercise. I'm saying take that principle out of CrossFit, or if you 
can afford to just go to CrossFit and get it all easily. Just go to a class and boom, you're going to get that kind of a workout. But if not every single day, you know, so maybe one day you do yoga, one day you do lifting, one day you go for a hike, but do it seven days a week. I love that. I love that. Keep your body moving. Even if it's a a walk on your lunch. Absolutely. It can be anything. Everything counts. There's nothing there's no rule. There's nothing that's too small. Anytime that you're not sitting in a chair and you're moving around counts. But generally speaking, if you can hop out of bed and well, let me tell you what I really recommend is if you really want to win the day, if you would get up in the morning and meditate and move directly from your meditation into a medit- meditative workout it is amazing. Or I'm talking about you're not distracted. You're not checking Instagram. Um, you are you are totally in your zone. You're totally in your body. You're totally into your workout. You're mindfully doing every single movement. You're enjoying it fully. You're Every time a thought comes about what you got to get to or that project that you have, you're just letting that go just like in a meditative practice and getting back to what you're actually doing. And you 100% focus. For 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20, 30, 40, whatever it is you've got, you've got on your plate that day, and you move from your meditation to a meditative workout, it is incredible. And then the rest of your day will be on a higher level than it could possibly be if you hadn't done that. I love that. I'm a huge fan of working out early in the morning. I'm typically a 4 a.m.er. However, with all this stuff going on and not working and also having hip surgery, my schedule has been a little off and it feels very weird to me. Yeah. And, you know, um, it's going to be different for everybody. Some people work nights. I understand not everyone can get up and, and do what I just described. So you adapt, you, you, you do it however you can, but, but um, getting some exercise Every single day, and I'm telling you, especially when you work in either some yoga or calisthenics or mobility work into a part of that so that you're flexible, strong, yeah, and you just feel like an athlete, you just feel athletic. It's a great way to live, but, it, but it's not going to happen if you do this kind of thing sporadically. I love that. So number Number six, six, observe a simple supplement strategy. Now I'm in the supplement industry. I've been selling supplements online since 2009. I've done a lot of research on supplements. I've seen a lot of silliness in the supplement industry. I've seen dishonesty in the supplement industry. And yet in the end, there are some core supplements that if people took on a regular basis would really supplement this healthy lifestyle that I'm talking about. And, and number one is the simplest one. It's just a really high quality multivitamin. Um, if it's, if it's a little white thing that, that cost you five bucks at Walmart, just throw it in the garbage. Uh, that's not, it's not what I'm talking about. Um, you it's worth investing. It might cost you 40 bucks a month for a really good high quality multivitamin and be one of the best investments that you could make. So that's, my number one. Number two is minerals. And we misunderstand minerals. Uh, we understand the biggies like calcium and magnesium 
which by the way, both of those we really should be getting from our point number four. If you're eating according to the hand rules that I discussed earlier, you, you probably, it'd be almost impossible to have a mineral deficiency except for one thing, and that's the trace minerals. So we understand, when I say we understand calcium magnesium, let, let's say that a, a coach has told you to take a thousand milligrams of calcium per day as a supplement. Well, that's a fairly large amount of, of calcium, but our body also needs calcium in trace form. The trace form of calcium is in MCGs, micrograms, tiny, tiny microscopic amounts that absorb differently into ourselves and perform different functions. A lot of people don't understand this. It's a massive difference between the regular large macro doses of calcium, magnesium, zinc, et cetera, that we would take and the micro amounts. And so one of, we, we have actually one of the most popular uh, liquid uh, trace minerals on Amazon. It's called Mimi's Miracle Minerals. It has over 70 trace minerals. That's one of my core products. So for me, a multi and a mineral is the absolute basis of supplementation. And from there, um, we actually are the number one seller of a product called glutathione. Glutathione is considered by a lot of people the mother of all antioxidants. So right now we're selling that product like crazy. We can barely keep it in. We've had to change the packaging because uh, we run out of different components to make this product like the sprayer. Um, immune, immunity boosting products right now are selling like toilet paper out of Walmart. It is absolutely insane. And so these aren't core supplements, but in a time when having a strong immune system can actually be life or death, uh, people are taking them very, very seriously. So they should supplement your healthy eating. Obviously, that's the main thing. But after you've got your multi and your minerals, then immunity boosting supplements are well worth looking into, performance enhancing supplements, and then specific supplements that could help you with particular conditions. So you might have a nutritionist, for example. Uh, let's say you're a woman who's having trouble with your period and your nutritionist has given you advice on that. That may be something that you take that's very unique that other people don't necessarily need to take. And so that's the area of supplements that you wouldn't say, well, everyone ought to take those supplements. And yet there are certain supplements that you take. For example, I'll give you another example of this that I don't say everyone has to take, but I would never be without it, which is turmeric. I take turmeric every single day. I'm 54 years old. I've been healthy all my life, but I've had my share of injuries. I've had knee injuries, hip injuries. I've had broken bones. I've had all kinds of problems. And I deal with, um, with uh, pain in my wrists and knees on occasion. And when I take turmeric every single day, I feel so much better. If, if I stop taking it for a week, I know it, right? It's the same with glucosamine chondroitin. Not everyone has to take glucosamine chondroitin. I take it every single day because it complements be, between my glucosamine chondroitin and my turmeric. I feel like I've got a really robust joint health uh, supplement set right there. So, so we got the core and then we've got these supplemental supplements for things like I mentioned. And then we've got performance supplements, pre-workouts, intra-workouts, after-workout, all that type of stuff, which can add to your regimen and, and can be useful as well. But all should be, you know, 
make sure it, it would be silly to be taking a pre-workout every single day and not a multivitamin, for example. So you just want to understand the basics and get the basics in order. And if that's all your budget allows for, just take that. So many people have like the most confused supplement cupboard in the world. On a regular basis, my, my customers are sending me lists of the supplements they have, and I'll go through them and advise them on which ones I, and I'll ask them, why are you taking that? You know, half the time they don't even know. Um, so <laughs> yeah, that was kind yeah. of a huge long winded answer. I apologize for that, but that's the, the basics of a, a simple supplement strategy, in my opinion. Right. And um, I, I don't know how you feel that, about this, but I was going to add uh, sodium is actually important to our bodies, especially by helping keep us hydrated. And a lot of people think that they need to cut that completely out of their, their body. And that is absolutely Oh my gosh, you, you're hitting on something now. Now, are you familiar with real salt or some of these other really high quality salts? I'm sure you are. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So really yes. great point. Now I, when I really cleaned up my diet, a few years ago, I wanted to do the national championships in triathlon, the Olympic distance national champions championship. So I was swimming, biking, running, obviously. And um, I had to qualify for that event by, by coming top three in uh, qualifier. So it was a big challenge. It was a lot of hard work. And I really cleaned up my diet more than I had in years. And I also hired a coach along with uh, 14 of us. There's 14 of us that all had the goal of of uh, making it to the championships that year that was in uh, Vermont. Anyways, she was phenomenal. And one of the things she did a month in after giving us our diet and workout plans and everything like that is had us all use, um, oh, what's it called? One of these measurement apps for, for um, your nutrition. Um, that was like it. My yeah, fitness pal or it actually was it? my fitness pal. So she had all of us track everything for, three days and report it back to her. So I was eating more clean than I had in a long time. And then I tracked my nutrition for three days and I was so low on sodium. It was crazy. I had no idea because I'd never been low on sodium before because I'd been eating a lot of processed foods. See, when you start eating really healthy, mm -hmm. the first thing that happens is your sodium drops because processed foods are full of salt. And so right. what she had me do is the advice I still give and that I agree with. You don't necessarily have to supplement with sodium, but what you do is you add it to your food. You buy yourself a really good salt like real salt or Himalayan salt or whatever makes your heart sing. And you add it on your salad and you add it on your, on your food. And you do everything you've been told to not do by nutritionists for a couple of decades, which is add salt to a lot of stuff. But the fact is when you're eating really clean, you just won't get enough. And, you know, another thing I really like to do is put salt like in my water bottle when I'm okay. going to work Let out. Let me tell you, so, now, what, which salt do you put in your water bottle? Okay. I so I use Malden salt. It's a little expensive, but it lasts forever. It comes from England. You can buy it on Amazon. It'll take a couple weeks to get to you. And it's a flaky salt. And I agree with you on the premise of adding salt to water. The problem is it's disgusting. It tastes like salt water. It tastes like you, like when you're in the ocean and you turn around at the wrong time and the wave went right down your throat. 
and you can still taste that for three hours, right? So <laughs> this is this is the best tip. One of the best tips I got from Kevin Rail. Malden salt is a flaky salt. And when you add it to water, it just is much more palatable. So for those of you listening who don't like the taste, obviously, Connie, you're okay with it. You like it. I get this is a subjective thing, right? Some people are fine with it. But for me, any other salt except Malden salt, I just don't like the taste of it. And I got to gag the water down. That's interesting you say that. Um, I don't get too crazy about it. I don't make it like a cheeseburger. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I just put a little tiny bit in there. Typically, I can barely even taste it or maybe I've just grown immune to it. Uh, but yeah, I, I started doing that because uh, instead of Gatorade, I think that a little bit of salt in my water is, is much is far yeah, more optimal. And this is something well worth paying attention to. All of you who work out a lot, if the, if you're only doing kind of a seven day thing like I'm talking about, and a lot of those you're building up a sweat and you're eating really clean, you actually need to take the time to figure out just how much. I mean, back then in those days, I was training 15 to 20 hours a week and uh, for six months. And I actually had to know exactly how much salt to take every day. It was a certain amount of grams. And I was actually surprised. It was at a point where it was kind of hard to get that much. Um, so... If you're really going crazy, you actually need to figure this out because just like Connie said, sodium is critical to our body function. And uh, one of those things you're probably too high in if you eat a crappy diet and may well be too low in if you eat a clean diet. Yes, that's wonderful. Now, being in the supplement industry, you have been on the front lines seeing exactly how these supplements are manufactured. And I haven't personally been involved in any of this thing, but I've, I've done a lot of reading on how dirty a lot of supplements can be. And that's why you need to be very careful as to what supplements you are investing in. Yeah, it's really a shame. It's a wonderful industry. It's mostly full of, of health enthusiasts like myself who uh, really want to help other people get healthy and who really pride themselves on their formulations. It took me two years to formulate Mimi's Miracle Multi. I, I had a PhD chemist involved in the process we were taking research from Europe and America on what most people were deficient in. I wanted one that helped people have more energy. I wanted to have the right amounts of the right stuff. And, and, and when we were done, a grown-up has to take three pills per day that are fairly large. Some people have to break them in half, put them in, in and dump the powder into um, a, a drink to, to, to take it. And I under, but that's what it takes to get the right amount. And we compare that to a little tiny capsule that has 50 things. Our multi has 14 ingredients. Okay. You can go to Walmart right now and pick up a, pick up a multivitamin that has 50 ingredients as one a day in a tiny little capsule. And I'm just telling you, it's completely whacked. It doesn't have near enough of the right stuff. It has stuff you don't need at all. And it's become a game. Um, People think, well, if we put 50 things on the label, people will think it's really great. And guess what? They do. And it's really sad. So people aren't thinking in terms of what do I actually need in a supplement? How much of it do I actually need? And what are the best forms of that ingredient? ingredient? Um, so you do have to be careful who you buy from. 
there are plenty of good ones. Don't get me wrong. I'm not here saying, oh, we're a really great formulator and everyone else out there is terrible. Don't buy from them. Generally, generally speaking, if you avoid the big box store and you go to your health food store, you'll find plenty of good brands. Also take into account what I said earlier about who you are, right? Men have different needs than women. People who exercise a lot have different needs than people who are more sedentary. Age comes into play. Like I said, I take uh, glucosamine, chondroitin, and turmeric every single day. I didn't have to do that when I was 25. So taking all those things into account, going to your health food store. Another thing is Amazon, honestly, Amazon, people don't know what a good job Amazon has done. Amazon has cut off so many lousy supplement sellers. When you go to Amazon, this isn't a hundred percent hard and fast rule. Generally speaking, the first items you see on the front page for your certain search, whether it's vitamin C, glutathione, um, turmeric, whatever, are often highly trustworthy. And, um, I don't know if you know this. Do you, do you know that as suppliers of supplements, we have to actually provide Amazon with the lab that makes our supplements? They actually want to know where we had it made. We have to provide them COAs. It's called a certificate of analysis. When our ingredient, when we buy our ingredients, they go into a lab where the ingredients are tested for purity. Then the product is formulated in an ISO 9000 facility that's extremely clean. And then the finished product samples go back into the lab for testing again to make sure that no bacteria or fungus fungus or heavy metals were introduced into the mix along the way. And then a bottle of every single lot. So we have now thousands of bottles just in storage of every single lot number we've ever made so that if there's ever a health problem, we can go back and test and compare so the, the, the person says, well, it made me sick. Well, usually they just got sick, right? But because they started their supplements that day, they think maybe it was the supplement. But still, you want to take that seriously. And so we can pull up and say, well, look on your bottle. What's the lot number? And they tell you. And then we go and we pull that matching one up and we put it in the lab and we test it. And we're able to come back and say, no, it's perfectly fine. Uh, there's nothing wrong with the product. Uh, you just happened to get sick that day. But God forbid, you know, we ever did pull one up and there was something wrong with it. Well, then we would recall it according to the laws of, you know, rules of the FDA. We'd recall it. We'd notify everyone who has that lot number and we'd give them a replacement bottle. So that's how it should work. And Amazon is doing a good job. Your local health food store is probably doing a good job. And we're doing a good job. Go to dirobi.com and, you know, check out our stuff as well, right? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. For sure. We're, we're talking to you personally about how you source this stuff. So that's a great. Yeah. And we don't get anything from out of the country. We never have. I've never um, bought product from China. Um, Don't get me wrong. This is not a rip on China thing right now. Ripping on China is a popular thing. Uh, But the fact is there are plenty of, of, um, you know, the, the, the globe doesn't know that someone drew lines called China and the United States and Canada and Germany, right? The planet doesn't know that. It just grows stuff, right? So all over the globe, stuff is right. growing. There, there are things like uh, whether mushrooms, 
Um, you know, I buy a mushroom tea from, from Norway um, that I really like, and I just can't get that here. Um, so regardless, some of these ingredients can only be grown in certain climates and certain places, some of which are not politically correct uh, countries at, at, at this moment. But generally speaking, um, we just really trust the labs in the United States. We trust the ingredient providers in the United States. And we just feel like we want to work with people that are close to home, that we know who they are. And, and so we've been able to source everything in the United States for all of our products and plan on continuing to do that. I love that. Keeping it right here in the U.S. Yeah. And I'm honestly, that was not an easy decision because of what I said. There are, there are some really great ingredients in other places of the globe. Uh, But so it's actually made our life a little bit hard, uh, but totally been worth it. um, Also for selfish reasons, because we can always get what we need. If that other country has a, a major problem in their supply chain, it doesn't affect us. So, and by the way, if if uh, people listening go to dirobi.com, that's D-I-R-O-B-I.com, and use the coupon code Insider because you're an insider because you're listening to the podcast, right? So this is a uh, something you can have. It's it, it'll get you fifteen percent off of anything that you want. So use the code Insider at checkout. Cool. I will put that in the show notes too, because that's, that's a great thing to know, especially when it comes to buying vitamins. I, I really don't want to know what my, my uh, supplement bill is every month. I know. Yeah, well, guess really what? Um, <laughs> for all my guests and for people who interview me, I send them a care package. And so I want you to send me an email with some of the supplements you take, and I'm going to send you uh, f- some freebies of, of my stuff that you can compare. Yeah. I love that. That's great. Wonderful. So just send me me a list of your top, your top ones and what you're already taking, or maybe something that you want to be taking that you're not at the moment, whatever, just give me a list, either your current list or what you, you know, would be taking in a dream world. And I will send you what I think would match up with, uh, with you and your needs. Yeah. Love that. Awesome. Number seven, we kind of touched on this several times naturally, and it is cheat strategically and rarely. It's like my Dairy Queen story. I love Dairy Queen, but you're not going to catch me there twice in a week, right? It's that type of stuff. It's, did I love it? Yes, it was delicious. Um, So a couple ways of cheating strategically and rarely, rarely is the main one, right? Try not to have too many unhealthy foods, of course. Um, But there's things you can do when you do have an unhealthy food. My wife and I um, have been married over 30 years and we started dating in 1988 and we never stopped. Friday night has been date night for us and it's a wonderful part of our marriage. And years ago, we started sharing dessert and we spent a little time, you know, we go out to dinner on a Friday night. We spent a little time deciding on something we would both like off the menu. And we order one dessert. We have half each. You know what? We enjoy it together. And we're only having half. And so that's one example of how your lifestyle does not have to be diminished when you have less junk food. So it's similar with a chocolate bar, right? Um, I'm kind of a chocoholic. I love chocolate. But what I've tried to do is, is teach myself, 
to um, enjoy less of it. So back to rule number three, eat all your food slowly and mindfully. If you take a few pieces of chocolate, you know, you can make it last like half an hour. You don't have to guzzle it. You can just eat it slowly and mindfully and really enjoy it. And so another way you do that is by never eating out of bowls, right? So if someone puts a bowl of treats out on the table and you're playing games with friends on a Saturday evening, for example, or you're at a barbecue where a bunch of food is out on a table, never stand there at the table eating from the treats. Um, what you want to do is take a small plate and put a small amount of the treat on your plate and commit to making that all you're going to have. So you've measured it out. You know just what you have. You've picked something you're really going to enjoy, not too much. And then eat it very slowly. Make your bites really, really small. Chew them uh, for a long time and really enjoy the flavor. So these are some of the things you can do to continue to eat some of those uh, treat foods that you enjoy without blowing your diet or exercise plan. I love that. I love that. That's great. I didn't realize you could actually eat Guess what? Slowly, um, <laughs> so we, we spent some time in Europe uh, a few years ago and, and um, both my wife and I have relatives in Europe and we were able to meet with them and spend time and they love chocolate in Europe. And let me tell you what, they don't serve large servings and they do eat it slowly. And we learned from them. We, we would sit and, and have a, a, a small amount of high quality chocolate in the middle of a table and um, watch how they just took these small pieces and small bites and, and really enjoyed it. So that was where I first kind of realized, oh, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't, it's not about quantity. It's about quality. And so, you know, one of the funny paradoxes of all this is when you cheat strategically and rarely, why not up your game? Why not buy really fine chocolate? Why not, if you're going to eat less of it, why not buy something that's like, you know, expensive European awesome stuff instead of the cheap stuff from your box store, <laughs> right? Yeah. So you can actually right. up so your sense. game and have better quality dessert. I mean, look so at the sense. French, right? Here in, in the United States, we call it the French paradox that they enjoy chocolate and fatty foods and seven course meals and by far have less obesity than we have in the United States. Absolutely. And it's not just the French. Um, think of like the Mediterranean people, honestly, they, they indulge in food and that's family time and it means everything to them, but they are not suffering from the obesity. Exactly right. Here and part of it is this relationship with food. We have unhealthy relationships with food. We think food is the enemy. A person's about to eat and they're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to eat too much and I'm going to, I'm going to gain weight. Uh, it's sad we've come to that. What about making a healthy meal, putting it in front of you, enjoying it slowly and mindfully and really, really enjoying eating? We should have a healthy relationship with food. We should enjoy every bite that we take. We should be able to have a treat every now and then. But when you make these changes that I'm talking about, these seven principles, and you start eating this way, and you start eating slowly and mindfully, what happens is you don't have to worry so much about your weight. 
your weight will come off very naturally if you exercise every day and eat the way that I'm talking about. You don't have to calorie count. You don't have to be very restrictive. I haven't even, in not one of these things I even said, how many calories a day you have to have. Because I don't teach anyone to calorie count. I think it's a waste of time. I think it's restrictive. And I think it's an unhealthy way of thinking of food to break it down to calories. How much energy is on this plate? I say, who cares? How much, how much nutrition is on the plate? And right. why not enjoy the plate of food? I agree. I love that. I love that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, boy, I think we've covered a lot here. Uh, so what is your number one thing that you think is important for people to help them thrive? Well, I would say that's back to, it's a great question, but I'm going to massage it a little bit because there's, there is no one size fits all. And so there is a certain person who really needs to make a certain change in their life listening right now. And someone else who needs to make a very, very different change. So I'm going to take your question and alter a little bit. And my answer is going to be start a meditative practice. <laughs> uh, after all this, I've said about food, all these things I've said about nutrition and exercise require you have a healthy brain. You have a healthy consciousness that you are in control of yourself. And unfortunately our fast paced society and television and the media has filled our minds with how life should be, right? The biggest cause of unhappiness for people is very simple. It's the gap between how they think their life should be and how their life is. That's it. That's the biggest cause of unhappiness. And the problem is part of how they think their life should be is probably illusion. So when you get into, because we, we know this from social science, we absolutely know that when people have a certain goal that they think will make them happier, that as soon as they achieve that goal, within hours or days at most, they adjust to the new normal and are at the exact same level of happiness. It's how it is. It's true between rich and poor and even healthy and, and unhealthy. So develop a meditative practice. Buy yourself a simple app. I use Waking Up, which I highly recommend. I love it. Uh, Headspace is also a great place to start. Their first 10 free sessions are phenomenal. Excellent training on meditation. Um, Sam Harris is though waking up his first five are kind of mind blowing. And if you carry on and do his first 50 and then just make meditation a habit, our quality of life flows from our quality of consciousness, our quality of consciousness, generally speaking, we, we, all of us, me, you, everyone listening, we have a constant stream of thoughts that we cannot stop 20 to 80,000 thoughts a day. Many of them are negative. Many of them are regrets for things in the past, hopes for things in the future, worries about what's going to happen or what, it, what is happening. And much of it is just not serving us. And so a meditative practice does not get rid of thoughts. A lot of people think that you get in a meditative state so that you don't think things. It's not the way that it is. But when you do have a meditative practice, you become much less attached to those thoughts especially the negative ones, you become more in control. You develop a better quality of consciousness. You develop better relationships. 
you develop better, better relationships with food and with yourself and with reality. And you also become introduced to many principles from the East that I think have been lacking in our society for a very long time. And those principles of practice are powerful. And so that's, to be honest, that's my, my top advice. Then the rest of the advice I gave, the seven things, will all be easier to achieve after that. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's wonderful. Wonderful. I love it. Uh, Dairobi.com. So I have a podcast as you do. It's called the Dairobi Health Show. And if you click on podcast at dirobi.com, you can hear all kinds of episodes I've done, all kinds of things I've produced myself. I've got some really great ones there. Uh, um, James Lawrence, the world record holder in, in Ironman triathlon. That interview is amazing. One of the top listens we've had. Uh, I don't know if you guys are aware that he did 50 Ironman length triathlons in 50 days in 50 states. Did you even know that? Oh it's impossible. God, it seems like I'm an, a you, nightmare to me. <laughs> I'm telling you it's impossible. He did something oh my impossible. Gosh. I ran the last three miles with him, as did thousands of other people, uh, just to see him complete that. Uh, he was on my podcast. That interview is just unbelievable. Um, and there's others there that have, have gotten a lot of listens. But if you just scroll through and kind of find one that makes your heart sing, we've got um, – uh, all that. And then of course you can, if you want to reach out to me personally, do that there as well. Just go to our support. I actually monitor our support on a regular basis. Uh, but if you say, Hey, this is for Dave, uh, they will just point your ticket to me and then I will, um, uh, be able to connect with you directly. I love that. And I will definitely have you send every bit of your information over and I will include it in the show notes, including that discount code so that people can go and order themselves some high quality nutritional supplements. And I appreciate you coming on so much today, Dave. You're Thank a great you so interview. Information I've really enjoyed this. I've been on several podcasts. This one's been really fun. I also like that we're kind of kindred spirits and how we think about this stuff. So it's really fun when someone else agrees with what you're saying, because you, you were able to add so many great thoughts to, um, to, to my ideas as well. So thanks so much. This has been great. Thanks again for tuning in, everybody. I'm so excited that Dave decided to come on the show and talk about his seven principles. I think that there's a lot of value that he had to offer to us today as far as achieving our goals and doing some things to help ourselves get a lot more healthy and simple things really. So that's really awesome. Don't forget to check him out at dirobi.com. That's his supplement company. And remember to use the code insider for your 15% discount at checkout. Before I move on and let you guys get on with your day, I just wanted to let you know that if you haven't already, you can visit my website www.connynightingale.com. I have included a ton of wonderful recipes on my website that are absolutely free. All you have to do is go click on the free recipe tab and put your name in and it will open up a big PDF 
with a bunch of wonderful recipes and the theories behind them. So if you're interested, that would be a wonderful resource for you. Thank you so much for tuning in and until next time, everybody.